It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Roster cuts have begun, and we already have a Vikings trade. Oh, hey, hi. It's Arif Hassan from Wide Left Substack. I'm on my phone monitoring cuts. It's important. Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. Roster one, cut one, trade one, practice squad one, Minnesota football party edition. Who makes the team? Comment below. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? I'm Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. And you know more than me at this point because cuts will happen all day. (laughs) Coming up next on the Minnesota football party. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. Happy Monday, a new week on the Minnesota Football Party. Welcome in. You bet us already. I'm Sam Ekstrom, joined by Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Arif Hassan, talking Vikings football for the next hour and so much to get to roster cuts, trades, preseason game number three, and Trey Lance traded, not to the Minnesota Vikings. What a disappointment. Uh, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Head to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to make every moment more and hear about a great new FanDuel promotion a little later in the show. Uh, please comment below. Let us know what you think. A Let us know in general what you think of the show, whether you uh, are enjoying the content, and B, Tell us about what you think of the trade the Vikings made, Vidarian Lowe, to the Patriots for a sixth-round pick. Let's start off discussing that. Oh, wait. We've got a little bit of breaking news. What's the latest? Uh, this most certainly didn't happen before no. we started. This happened right now, definitely. Yeah. Calvin, Calvin, Avery, Calvin Avery is the latest. No. At least. Yeah, the... The the biggest of the no stacks. Pretend you don't know already. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Bron, do that thing you do with the uh, you do like a little eulogy for all the cut people. Do oh yeah, I have to Calvin update Avery. that thread. Uh, Calvin Avery, who was or R.I.P. to Calvin Avery, whose career really exploded when he finally started taking his weight training seriously, or his his like body management seriously. But uh, big only got dude. So far. Big dude, hold, hold on, um, monster. Hold on. So I, I really tried to make him a his thing. enormous size yeah. is like. Oh, it was like the... when he when he got to college, it was like unacceptable. And was it like he... Zach Banner, like four hundred pounds? Zach like Banner, was, you? I don't know what the number was. Wow. Yeah, but it was like his whole thing was like, oh, if I like actually take my diet seriously, things can like kind of. That rules. That reminds me of. <laughs> We're talking more about Calvin Avery than I intended. Reminds me of Brandon Brooks, who did like the combine at like three hundred forty six pounds. Ran faster than any 346 pounder ever should, turned into one of the best zone guards that you'd ever expect out of a 320 plus pound guard. It is so much harder to follow roster cuts without tweet deck. I really don't like it, but the cut I'm, I'm thinking far, of caving, Sam. I'm thinking of caving. I am too. I've literally <laughs> had tweet deck as a tab on my laptop up for my entire professional career. Like, I can't think of a time when I didn't have it just giving me the latest in real time. Very Wait, frustrating. Is TweetDeck now a, a feature of Blue? I thought it just died. No, it's it a is a feature of Blue. Of blue. And they so gave you... you... Go ahead. 
Yeah, so if you open TweetDeck, so I have I have a TweetDeck inside a container app, so I've always got a separate app that's just TweetDeck. So if you open up TweetDeck, it gives you a little pop-up that's like, hey, you're looking for TweetDeck. I bet you missed that. Good news. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. And it gives you a little like, you know, and then if you like click out of it, if you're like, I'm not a Twitter blue person, you click out of it, it's just Twitter. It's the app is just Twitter slightly worse because it doesn't update as quickly as the web version <laughs> but it is a little bit convenient to have a separate twitter because again i have it containerized in its own app it's it is slightly convenient to have twitter as its own window but i just it tweet deck i love it come back please <laughs> um you know it makes all the sense back? in the world that Gary they would make it a premium service because it, it is so great um, you don't you don't know that luke Vidarian Loaf will come back next year. (laughs) The cuts thus far, Calvin Avery, Tanner Vallejo, Wilson Huber, and Jared Williams. I think I got that right. And that does not include the trade. Vidarian Loaf to the Patriots for a six-round pick. Luke Inman will give you the first crack here. I thought Loaf beat out Oliudo in the competition. I thought he was your third tackle. Um, and maybe this speaks to their confidence in Blake Brandle. Even though he hasn't been playing tackle, they like his potential to be able to play tackle in a pinch. Uh, and clearly, Oliudo, they still think, can, can be this guy as well. Uh, what do you make of the trade? Yeah, I'm with you. I thought he beat out Udo as well. I thought he had a good camp, good preseason. Also, KOC and Wes Phillips mentioned him by name in a presser and said the same thing. I just assumed this whole time he was locked in. Then you start to do some digging. You kind of realize from a cap perspective. And I guess at this point now, too, you know, 12 hours later, I'm trying to justify it, glass half full, so to speak. But if you do cut Udo instead, you lose out on an extra one, one and a half million, something like that. So that's kind of tough to swallow. And then also people forget, as bad as his bad reps are, which, I mean, not a hot take. They can be downright awful. But when he did fill in for Brian O'Neill last year, he wasn't that bad. His PFF trades were fine, filling were it fine right? I think yeah. it was like 13th best tackle out of 56, something like that. Three hurries on 108 pass reps. So we always think about those two or three terrible reps first when we think of Oliudo. But all in all, especially just knowing how bad the offensive line play in the league is right now, he's good enough. I mean, he's a capable backup swing tackle. And to get your six-round pick back for Vidarian Lowe, coupled with the salary cap issues on top of that, it makes it a little bit easier to understand. I think just the the logic, the mindset they were in to kind of pull a move like that off. So now my question is, I think now that dust is starting to settle, do they only keep eight? Do they roll with eight offensive linemen? Or Mm -hmm. is there a move already in the works for a guy like Dalton Reisner and they just want to open up that roster spot now and get an extra pick back in the process? Um, I'd be curious, your guys' take actually, what's your guys' thinking as far as rolling with eight offensive linemen I'd be really curious actually to add up in the NFL how many other teams have started to do that and if it's kind of becoming a thing they've been searching Um, so hard for tackle depth I know I I think that they're dying for reasonable tackle depth Mm -hmm. and I think they're watching who's going to get cut in terms of who will actually take Vidarian Lowe's spot on that roster Uh, I I think that that's a possibility I think that eight offensive linemen is only on the cards if they're reasonably confident that Chris Reed can be pupped and then come back within those four weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Or I shouldn't say within, six, right? Because Six rules. weeks, or is it four now? Is this? Okay. Um, it's well, always it was always six. six. They've always they've messed but with some of those it rules. It changes all the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, we, we can look that up live on the show. 
Um, but I, there are like it's different than like you know injured reserve designated to return and stuff like that. So um, if you put a player on the uh, reserve pop list on the roster cut down deadline, must miss at least the team's first four games down from six seasons prior to 2022. Players can be activated okay. immediately after such time has elapsed. So remember, you know, in previous versions, after you were activated from pop, there was like a, what was it, three weeks where they were just like practicing or whatever. Mm. Um, so uh, the pop list is a lot more generous than it was in the past. So it's, you have to miss four, you can miss more than that. Um, and then after four, you can be activated basically immediately. So I'm wondering if Chris Reed, you know, they're thinking about that. That gives you a guard that allows you to push Blake Brandle out to tackle, right? So now you've got Ole Udo and Blake Brandle out to tackle. You've got Chris Reed at guard. You've got Austin Schlopman at both guard and center. Um, and that gives you nine once Reed comes back. And I'm also wondering if maybe they just really like Josh Sokol a lot. I don't know. Um, and you've got elevations. You know, you can elevate. Yeah. You can have two offensive linemen on the practice squad and elevate one every single week until Chris Reed is healthy. Um, yeah. So and, that, and that makes sense. And you only have eight active on, on game day. So, I mean, all of those could play a role. I think, you know, Luke's understanding that it's possible that they're looking at roster cuts is, um, you know, I think that's on the table too. I would say that like tackle depth it hurts everywhere across the league. So that would sure. be a, a pretty difficult strategy to pursue unless they've got their eye on a specific person that they really think has a really high likelihood of being cut. Um you know, the same way. Who's the guy they signed off the Jaguars practice squad? Um, Rashad Hill. Yeah, that's yeah, the kind same, of thing. Yeah, or even someone on the practice squad because yeah. they don't even really have somebody like they're not putting Jared Williams on their practice. Right. Squad, they don't you know? have I don't any, think right. anybody's really taken that spot either. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of Chris Reed, however, Ben Gessling just tweeted out oh, that I, I don't think this is news. I think this is just a report, but apparently uh, late last week. All right. Play the sound. Uh, he reworked his contract a little bit where he used to have a $1.4 million base with 600K guaranteed, so a $2 million contract. Uh, he now gets a full and fully guaranteed base of only, uh, I think that's the veteran minimum, $1.165 million, um, which is fully guaranteed. So, his, so, they, so they increase his guarantee and in decrease uh, his his total potential take home but increases Cap. guarantee so by, by almost the, half yes but now it's yeah. all guaranteed so put that through the analytics translator what does that mean in layman's terms so he's making it he's making it whether it's pup or probably pup well, and then that's yeah that's probably for uh and it would be nfi because he's on the nfi yes. now his football his injury is classified as non-football um i believe it works roughly the same but it pays out different so i'm sure i think it has um that. it doesn't look like it's veteran minimum because is that uh, the not cap, better minimum? Because uh, well, because Gessling followed it up with a tweet that said the cap number is now one point five million. If it was veteran minimum, the cap number would be like six hundred forty thousand or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, so so sure. it reduces the cap number by two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Partial and, and, credit, and that, not really a surprise at all. I mean, we all assume. Oh, but a big a big incentive with, is gone. A big not likely to be earned. Yes, incentive is gone. that yeah. that's what it is. Okay, Which, yep. you know. And again, but not a big surprise because we all assume, just like Arif pointed out, if they do keep eight, whether they keep eight or nine, Chris Reed was going to be part of this season's plans, I think, on the interior anyway. So, okay. Assuming he's available to be, yeah. But I, I think in so, terms yeah. of the initial 53, as we're all predicting it, I mm -hmm. don't think he's going to count toward that. Yeah. I just want to give Luke Braun partial credit. If you watch the uh, Locked on Vikings postcast, Luke Braun called a tackle trade. He thought I picked Oludo. the wrong one, though. 
would be the guy. Uh, I think Vidarian Lowe has I also more would have picked Oliudo if I were to call a tackle trade. I get that. That's the I, one I that I would have liked redundant, them to trade right? more, honestly. Like, I, I personally, I think Vidarian Lowe outplayed Oli Udo. Um, I agree. I, I think that the difference is significant enough where were I in charge, I probably wouldn't would, wouldn't have done that just to get a sixth round pick instead of, you know, a conditional seventh three years from now or whatever that you would get for Udo. Um, and but the I money, though, imagine right? the Vikings disagree. Jesse Davis. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's also like, so one thing to kind of keep in mind is that our exposure to Ole Udo has been primarily at guard where he's just not yeah. good. Right. Like Luke said, you know, he played all right in brief, you know, relief of Brian O'Neill at yeah, tackle. That's true. Um, and so he is like underperformance in the preseason. And I would argue that that's what it was, um, is probably not representative of his overall quality or level of play at tackle generally. Um, so the, the problem is that we've got like this anchor on who Ole Udo is when that's not really kind of the role that he'll be expected to play. Um, so that's probably part of it too. I still would have preferred to trade Ole Udo over Videri Lowe. Like Luke said, there's um, probably internal, you know, grading that would maybe suggest that Ole Udo played better than our, you know. Or, or at least that the difference isn't that big and, hey, let's, you know, trade the one we can get a real draft pick for. Yeah. So, which a you, you had a you had a free camp body, right? Because you get the sixth round back. Is it is it go. wrong of me to gear up mentally that Blake Randall could be playing a lot more snaps this year um, than a lot of people maybe are anticipating? Because whether it's Engram poor play inside at <laughs> he guard, could be the right? first backup Ingram, at four or, positions, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Like I mean, he it's it feels like with Vidarian gone now, specifically at that left tackle, Blake Randall's like the first name that pops up. If any of these guys were to go down, or just maybe get subbed out just because of poor play. Who knows? I do think Udo probably because he's been there all camp probably gets the first crack at tackle left or right. Either. Cause I think he's been either. at both. He's been playing both. Um, yeah. I haven't seen Blake at right tackle at all and correct me if I'm wrong. So I assume Udo for sure at right tackle left tackle. I maybe would have called it a coin flip, but it sounds like maybe it's more like 80, 20 Ole Udo gets that first crack at left tackle. You could be right. Yeah. It, they, yeah. they had both tackles playing both and they did the same thing with mm -hmm. guards all seat all preseason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Brandle probably handles the interior Udo, the exterior, and then Brandle would be you know, God forbid you lose O'Neal and Derisaw, he would be the the number two the, guy the other, there. Yeah, the next tackle mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Unless a new guy comes in and joins the mix. Did anybody affect their 53-man status in the game on Saturday? Let's talk about that after a word from FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On, and they've got a tremendous new promotion. Nay, two tremendous new promotions going on at fanduel.com slash locked on right now. Bet $5, get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. But that's not all. You also get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, which is now available on YouTube TV. It's off direct TV now. YouTube TV, the new home of NFL Sunday ticket. And all it takes is a $5 wager on FanDuel to get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Watch all the games every single week. You can't beat a promotion like that. FanDuel.com slash locked on to check it out and check out all the great promotions that FanDuel is always releasing. It's a very easy to use interface to FanDuel Sportsbook app. A great way to get involved with football this season. 
FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Vikings lose their 10th consecutive preseason game on Saturday. 18-17, the score. Luke Braun is... Can't, can't they, they, they were trying to win this one. Felt like it. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were opening up the playbook. Well, Flores is like, dude. The, they played QB3 to, the whole game. They weren't trying that hard. And it, yeah, begs the question, is Jiren yeah, Hall instead clutch? Instead of playing QB4 at any moment, right? Like, they True. had an option mm-hmm. of playing Jordan Tamu. So... They wanted to win within the parameters of preseason. I mean, the broadcast said multiple times, like Kevin O'Connell was like, oh my gosh, we haven't won a preseason game since 2019. You know, it'd be good for the culture of the locker room if we won this one. So it seemed very much like this was something that they would desire. And again, like you said, Luke, it's not as if they continue playing the second team throughout the game, right? Like Austin Schlotman played like, what, one drive, right? Most of the like key backups, I think, played a quarter. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously they weren't trying the hardest possible, you know, they weren't putting the, the you know, the most effort, but, you know, it, it still was something that they'd have wanted, which is not something I've seen from a lot of preseason games. 49 to 10. That is the second half scoring margin in the preseason. Not bad. Not bad. Mm, Vikes. We should fire those responsible. <laughs> Did anybody avoid firing? Did anybody play themselves onto the roster in this game? Because I thought there were actually a number, and Luke and I talked about this in the postcast, there were a number of bubble guys that I thought played well that may have made this actually a more complicated decision. Um, Arif, let's go reverse this time. Arif, we'll start with you. Um, So I think Jaron Hall was always going to make the roster, but I think his first half performance was so spectacular relative to expectations again. Um, that it really solidified that he was going to do it. But that doesn't count, right? Because we knew he was probably going to make the roster. Um, I think maybe the best arguments that someone could have made for either a roster spot or a practice squad spot um, would be the tight end room just generally. I think Nick Muse made a pretty good argument in like his very brief showing on the field, both as a blocker and as a receiver, that he could be a fourth tight end. I thought Dwayne McBride, Similar made a decent argument that he should be uh, the fourth running back. I think Ben Sims made a great argument that he should be on the practice squad. You know, stuff like that. Um, I I think defensively, we didn't see as much that would give us that. I think that, for example, uh, you know, if like Benton Whitley had like, I think, a, a pretty good game. Right. And whether or not that turns into a practice squad spot, that'd be kind of Interesting, but that's kind of the only thing that's on the table. Maybe Sheldon Day made a good argument to be the fifth defensive lineman. I thought that having another great game, um, you know, after that first one would have helped. Uh, I don't know that Andre Carter did anything along those lines. I don't know that we got anything out of linebackers, but that 53-man squad for linebackers, that's already been set. Uh, Jay Ward, probably a pretty good argument to be the fifth safety. was probably always going to be a fifth safety as a fourth-round pick, but that helps, right? Um and uh yeah, I don't know. Um Jalen Williams probably off the team. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Um 
specifically and, on and the Jake defensive. Gervais was cut right after the game or something like that, right? Like was he was he? very clearly just like here for a weekend paycheck, and he was like, "Yeah, that was fun." Like, yeah, <laughs> hit How some fun people. Is that? Didn't yeah. he have a quote that said, "Like I'm hurting right now, but a couple cores lights will help it." I yeah, think he, I think bring him back. What this guy in the practice squad? Yeah, Sneak him on the squad, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. Doesn't uh, he I, realize Coors Light isn't a partner of the Minnesota Vikings? That's why they cut him. <laughs> that's on, that's man. why they cut him. Yeah, branding faux pas. Jake um, Gervais made Andrew Booth look worse. That's that's why he got cut. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny, Bron. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, I was going to say Sheldon day. If anyone, if there's anybody that like was not on the 53, that could have changed that Sheldon day has had two fantastic preseason games to the point where you like have to take it a lot more seriously than you probably were going into camp. Um, someone asked me if this was a T Y McGill scenario and I hope not. He was like pretty it good. It could be 49ers. still, it could. Yeah, that was, that was a big oopsie, <laughs> but I, I feel like it, it I, I don't know if they learned their lesson from it. Um, <laughs> But that that like interior room, like in a roundabout way, like Asesio Tomowo was unable to play in the game. Kevin O'Connell said afterwards he was hurt. And we actually talked about a lot about like Andrew Booth and Joan Williams. Joan Williams was hurt. Joan Williams hurt, which which was announced like two seconds after we, we, we finished the postcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like immediately wrong. Um, but as, like for Asesio Tomowo, in a way, like that's a terrible thing because you don't play and then the guy that would have been either next to you on the D line or rotating with you on the, uh, on at that position has like the game of his life. That sucks. Same thing. That backup defensive line situation is just going to be really tough to trim down. It's tough. You go into the third preseason game and it's like, okay, of these 53 roster spots, like 45 of them almost are already locked up. So it's tough to say black and white, like one game, this very last game clinched a roster spot for some of these guys. But um, I think about that D-line spot and rotation. It's like, okay, first of all, you're keeping five or six. I I think they keep five. I think we talked about that last week. Second, you guys are right. Like, There's about three or four of these guys that made it really tough to – Feel good about waving now after that game. If you're a coach, Sheldon Day, TJ Smith, Ross Blacklock, and Roy. Sack. Yeah, yes, yeah, Jaquel and Roy. I mean, that yeah. entire rookie class really impressed that last game. I think that was the big winner. I think Quasi's yeah. got to feel good and go to bed sleeping easy at night. Ending on that note, for a lot of these guys, they're going to end up sitting on the bench for the next three, four months. At least they got to end on a high note and have some momentum in their back pocket, I think. Jay Ward, Jaquel and Roy, uh, Dwayne McBride have scored two touchdowns this preseason. If anything, he's starting to look like maybe he could turn into somewhat of a goal line running back somewhere down the road. Um, obviously, Jaron Hall looked pretty clean outside that one interception. That was encouraging. Um, that was the big win, I think, the big takeaway. But the defensive line, as far as roster spots go, again, Sheldon Day, TJ Smith, Ross Blacklock had a sack. That makes things tough. Where does this says he, like Luke said, where does this says he fit into this whole equation? Jonathan Bullard, do you want to keep at least one veteran? Uh, you're never going to be mad when guys play good, obviously. But I will say, I just think that game just makes things a lot tougher for KOC when it comes down to which guys they want to keep, which guys they want to try to sneak on the practice squad, and which guys they're going to have to cut outright. I think the hardest thing that when I did the the 53-man roster for Lockdown Vikings this uh, for, for this Monday's show, the hardest decision I ca- that it came down to was I had 52 guys and I had to choose between Luigi Villan and Nick Muse. And Ooh. that was really tough. Did you keep six? Oh. Did you keep Rager? Did you keep six? Why I did keep Rager. Yeah. Because I think if you of, keep six wide because of punt gunning, I think he's going to make it. I agree. Um, and I, I agree. think he just has done enough. 
I agree. And you tell me that at the beginning of training camp, just knowing the OTAs in minicamp that Brandon Powell had, I said no way. And, and mean, that Jalen Naylor had, like, we were still reacting to Jalen Naylor kind of jumping him on the depth chart and all that. Yep. Like, yeah. Um, I, I think he'll be the sixth one just by virtue of Brandon Powell being a healthy scratch in the Arizona game. But I think he made it still on his merits and I would definitely keep Rager over both Muse and Volan but Muse versus Volan I like I had to waffle really hard I ended up yeah, going that's with tough. Volan, but I don't feel good about it at all that's tough I I don't necessarily think they correlate directly with one another but if you keep no it was outs, just I got 52 I, I can't get rid of here's my last two guys what do we do for sure yeah yeah I think if you keep six wide whether it's six it's either six wide outs or Rager. four tight ends it feels like I don't think you can keep 10 between those two positions plus five running backs plus three quarterback it's too tough yeah, Arif, you're you're Rager off the fifty three. If if my decision is between uh, Valane, Muse, and Rager, yeah, I'm getting rid of Rager. That's you or what you think me. they will do. That's okay, me okay, yeah, I, I was doing what I think they will do. Yeah, oh no, that's fair enough. Um, the uh, the thing with like punt getting, obviously, that's important given our Najee Thompson advocacy. Um, but um, I I do think that like you do have options available to you at punt gutter outside of that, you know, whether or not it's somebody like a Brandon Powell or, um, you know, forcing Andrew Booth to figure it out. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, I think options available to you that aren't that bad. Um, and I, I, I just, I really think the four tight ends is like relatively important. And I like the I don't know. Belaine played really well. And I think in a, a, a more subtle way, and he, I don't think he's getting as much hype as he deserves for it. I, I don't think he is yeah. number 53. I think he's higher than that in the power rankings of your rosteries. I don't think it, he's it, like on the bubble that much. It's tough. Five edge rushers is not like, it's not uncommon, but neither is it the standard, right? So like it is, you're going kind of a little bit out of your way to put him on the roster, Whereas four tight ends is just a little bit more standard across the league. Um, maybe not as much if you have a fullback, but it is it is a little bit more difficult to justify a fifth edge rusher on most teams. So that's like kind of the area that you're dealing with. Um, I do think that he would clear waivers, right? So that's the that's the thing that you know you have to keep in mind is like does Nick Muse clear waivers? Does Luigi Lane clear, clear waivers? I don't think Jalen Riker necessarily clears waivers, so that might change your you know, calculus, but that's could you know. Patrick Jones be a cut. I mean, we've because he he clearly yeah. was not in the mix to be to beat out Wanham, right? Could he be cut in favor of the lane? I would do that. I'm very excited because Luke Braun looks like he's about to die. Um, <laughs> I, but, I, but, you do simply okay? sneezed. Sure, yeah, no, keep it up. Yeah. Um, the uh, I think a D lineman gets traded, uh, that, whether that's that Bullard or. Yeah. Pat Jones. Did Ben or, Albright just put this, these, plant like, the seed into all of our heads and now we keep thinking about it? We're, we're, it we're, well, then I did the roster and it's like there's like 15 guys that so you, could, many. you oh. could put on a 50. And none of them have value, though. Like, That's the problem. Yeah. Like a whole bunch of them that you would feel bad about cutting. So I feel yeah. like finding a way to get a draft pick out of one of them is what Pat, Pat Jones would be. be interesting for a lot of reasons, I think. Yeah. What about trading Lewis Seen? Whoa. Bombshell. Do you think Lewis Seen has like. There's there's politics of trading a first round pick in his second year. I know that, but with the deep safety room, they they clearly love Jay Ward. They clearly love Josh Metellus. Theo Jackson has been great. Lewis, talk about guys I, with actual value. I think that would be a relatively elegant solution to this roster pressure problem. <laughs> it's so like 
One thing that you don't tend to see on teams almost at all is 11 defensive backs on the 53. That's extremely rare. Now, one of them being basically a pure special teamer kind of changes the calculus a little bit. But, I mean, that's what Marcus Sherrill's was too, right? So it's not – so that would resolve the problem. And I'm sure they fielded calls. Like, it would not shock me at all for teams to be like, so this Lewisine guy seems to be on the outs. He's really high on our boards. Let's see what he – let's see what we could, you know – what that would cost um my guess is that you know seeing a bunch of people you know from like the fake news media say that you know he's on the outs that you know he's playing poorly you know has depressed the the potential value for from uh from teams asking i'm sure the vikings have a price adolfo mens has like been very clear that, yeah you know, I, hey, we everyone have has a price everyone's value right and so i'm sure teams have called and i'm sure that the price the vikings have either said or the teams have provided is insufficient to make that trade happen but i do think to help resolve a lot of these issues that we're talking about i would rather i don't think food. they do it just yeah, just because of harrison smith being a, a, a temporary fixture here he's he's eventually he will Metellus. be gone well, 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 well josh metellus though you got to think about it 2024 and beyond josh metellus is a free agent after this year cam bynum's a free agent after not if you trade lewis seed <laughs> we're you trading lewis seed and extending up. josh metellus is sure. that the roster yeah. that is that the elegant solution you are i'd yes, rather trade andrew booth okay and i'd probably draft we'll a guy that in the second round next year but yes yeah <laughs> okay so we're trading lewis scene and then drafting another safety that's that's giving up on lewis scene to me and i don't think they yes. want to do that i and i don't I know you with, want to do that but i don't think they do i don't agree with that by i don't the way. Think they do. i yeah. i wouldn't even though i asked the question i wouldn't trade lewis scene i'm with luke i'd much rather trade andrew booth jr who i think has probably much worse value um and Lewis seen to me, and we've disagreed with this already on the show, but I'll say it again. I like what I've seen this preseason relative to what I saw last preseason, especially coming off injury. He hasn't lost any of his explosive tools. I think that he can be good. I really think he can be good. And the free agency situation at safety, they do need to restock that cupboard after they lose Metellus potentially and Harrison Smith. So I'm in favor of keeping him, but I did want to ask the question. Yeah, uh, to Luke's point, I mean, the Vikings have been very vocal about making sure that they give players time and enough chances. I mean, the fact that, like, um, Adolfo Menta said on the broadcast, like, you know, he kind of dismissed how well Jaron Hall was playing. He did later in the broadcast say it's really exciting that he played well, but he's more talking about getting his, you know, quote-unquote 10,000 hours in, which, yeah, you know, unfortunately means that Adolfo Menta reads Malcolm Gladwell. But other than that... <laughs> Um, it's ubiquitous enough we don't know that for sure okay you're right you're right but i mean given given who he is and how he approaches these things yeah true yeah i think it's likely um (laughs) which i think he should maybe read blink then and see kind of what his instantaneous snapshot reaction to lewis c is he has so much in common with 16 year old me it's great (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i that's not a good thing um but but Uh, But yeah, I I think that there is something for players that they believe that there's fundamentally just a lot of talent to harvest, Um, maybe a weird word to use there, Um, that they want to give them a lot of time and opportunities and chances. So I think that that's part of the, which I guess they didn't do that for Vidaria low, but I think, you know, for a first round pick, it's a little bit different. Yeah, Asezi did not play concussion. That's why he uh, wasn't participating in the game. 
lot of decisions to make on that defensive line. Uh, we'll be reacting to the cuts tomorrow as well on tomorrow's Minnesota football party with uh, Luke Inman and myself. And then Wednesday, we'll probably have it all finalized. So talking roster all week here on the Minnesota football party, which is partnered with Sirius XM, by the way. Make sure you find all the Locked on Sports Minnesota content, the SXM app. You can also find hometown broadcasts of the Twins games, the Vikings games. Just search Twins, search Vikings. Get uh, Corey Provis calling the baseball games. Paul Allen calling the football games. Check that out. Um, Trey Lance was dealt not to the Vikings. We're going to get to that as well. But while we're talking preseason, while we're talking Vikings, why don't we look at our winner of the preseason fantasy football contest? It got a little, it got a little tight for me. It got a little tight for yours truly on Saturday, but I did emerge Woo! as the winner by about seven points over Luke Inman, who needed one more touchdown, needed a McBride touchdown, needed a Thompson touchdown to steal it from me at the end. Didn't happen. Luke Braun made a late charge and actually won the week. Um, but, okay. But oh, because I had finally Ben Sims had his breakout week. Abram Smith, okay. big wave. Only that like forty-yard catch at the very end of the game counted. Ah, ah. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't have made enough of a difference for me to change the rankings here, but it would have distanced no, right. me from you. Yeah. yeah, which is who knows? Always, always a good thing. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, my Rager Powell stack. Sam, are, Sam, are was, we are we sure I didn't win? Can we count up all the weeks individually? Yeah, games? let's <laughs> double check that. So Dykes. <laughs> Okay, let's go back the, to your the margin of defeat. Twenty five. There are eleven thousand points. Knowles. You just have to find him. <laughs> you got a flashlight to about find Malik Knowles. Three somewhere. active players. The entire Troy Die was your leading scorer. Like it's not even a question. <laughs> Troy Die had like eight tackles and interception this preseason. Um, By the way, Arif, Arif, we got an open spot in our fantasy league. If you're interested, <laughs> love to have you. God, love to have you. So the privilege I get is during our regular season gambling contest, I get one week where I can choose to double my profits or have my losses, whichever happens. And then I can trigger one week where Arif Hassan will have his profits or double his losses. That is what will happen as a result. Now of you have to pick that week prior to the I think I have results. to pick prior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Oh Maybe. yeah. Absolutely. Pick prior pick to the bonus chip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yep. Yep. So, so uh, just to be clear, you, so that week, and it, it operates on both of us simultaneously, right? So that week, you double your wins or have your losses. I double my losses or half my wins. Do you have to do it the same week? See, I, I don't know if it needs to be the same for both of us. I think really? I can ha- hold those. Well, what do you think? I, I think I that. can hold on to those two privileges and play them one Separate. at a time. I think they should be the same week. Uh, obviously, now I'm advocating now that it's clear that I would benefit from that rule. But my understanding is always that it was like the same week, just because it's like you really put the screws to someone on a particular week. I'm torn between the less confusing option, but also it's, I think, a little bit more fun if because it is like a, an earned advantage. I think it, it's a little bit more fun if Sam can truly maximize it by yeah it, it's like survivor and he found the hidden immunity <laughs> idol and he gets to just bust yeah. that famously baby you can use wants. twice yeah no, the immunity idol I is something two. that you get to use oh okay <laughs> found two. Found two. <laughs> all right i mean like all of you wanted on different weeks so that, i guess that makes the most sense just got a breaking news alert from the vikings put her up and everything 
Alexander Madison and Salvation Army team up to host Back to School Donation Wednesday, August. <laughs> Good for Sam, him. Sam, Sam doesn't troll very often on this podcast. We should encourage it. Good work, Sam. We're proud of oh, you, man. Thank you. Proud, thank of you. You. proud of you, man. Trey Lance is a Dallas Cowboy, not a Minnesota Viking. It cost a fourth-round pick to bring him there. That's not far off from what I expected. I thought the price might be a fifth. It was a fourth. Now, reportedly, Arif, the Vikings were not even in. The Vikings were not in on this discussion whatsoever. That's what you read or heard? Yeah, from Kevin Seifert. He tweeted it out. Kevin Seifert, a valid source. Would you have liked the Vikings to make that move for that price? For a fourth now. Um, again, I think that if it was for a sixth or seventh, if you traded Trey Lance for Vidarian Lowe, right, that would feel like a win, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't really like, so O'Connell basically laid out, like they, they want to foster an environment where, um, they want to foster an environment where players feel supported and stuff like that. And one of the things is to make sure that they, um, that they have, you know, uh, support specifically for the quarterback, specifically for developmental guys, to allow developmental guys to develop. Uh, and you just don't have space, right? Like, okay, um, this one's real. This one's real. Yeah. Garrett Mogg. Oh, I thought you were responding to what Luke Braun put in the chat. What did Luke Braun put in the chat? Oh, we got oh, another one. Yeah. I yeah, think. That, I don't know who that person a, is. No, that's, that's a real person. person. That's a real okay, person. Okay. That is a real person. What's the name? Colin Thompson. Colin Thompson released per Matt Lombardo, who I believe just switched to A to Z Sports. If I'm ah. Rest and... in peace, Garrett Mogg went to uh, my father's alma mater, in North Dakota. Yep. And rest in peace, Colin Thompson, uh, with whom we can all relate because he is a podcaster. Uh, sorry, Matt Lombardo went to Fan Buzz recently, not A to Z Sports. Z's in the name, you know, get confused easily. Rough day okay. for podcasters. <laughs> Back to Trey Lance, Arif. Um, I love this yeah. podcast, so, man. This so, yeah, so, like, <laughs> of course. 38 yeah. things going you don't, on. You don't, you don't yeah. create an environment <laughs> where... Least what's going on? Uh, in fairness, there's, like, live breaking news this time, as opposed to most yeah. of the time. Ago. Right, 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 right. You, um, we encourage Sam too much now. So that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just the it's not good that I'm in control of the button. It's really he not loves the No, button. I think it's great. Who's got the button? Uh <laughs> But yeah, you you want to create an environment where players uh, feel supported, where they've got uh, you know the timeline to develop. So whether or not Jaron Hall is better or worse than Trey Lance is less important than whether or not players have an opportunity to genuinely develop, right? Because with the Cowboys, you know, as soon as they were traded, Will Greer knew he was off the roster, plays that preseason game anyway, plays lights out, by the way. Um, and just like has this press conference where he like cries the whole time right after the game because he knows he's about to get cut, which is a weird thing. And I think the Vikings just kind of want to avoid that generally. And I don't think that that's going to be true throughout, you know, the Vikings tenure. I'm sure that they're going to trade for guys that are going to replace young guys that have yet to develop and stuff like that. But Lance just isn't good enough for you to make the sacrifice to your team culture. 
I think that's the difference. And it, also, it too, seems... just stepping off that point, too, as far as like, you know, getting them all this time, the necessary time they needed to develop and progress. The timing of this, too, if this was four months ago, I think it'd be completely different, too. And I agree oh, yeah. with you. Fourth is still too much. But, you know, a fifth is easier to swallow. If this was four months ago, completely different. The fact that we are at August 28th, you know, a week mm-hmm. and a half before week one, it's just so much to sit there and try to digest this new playbook and offense and get up to speed so quickly. Um, I just, I agree with you. I I just think uh, the timing also plays a factor into this as well. Yeah, it was clearly different four months ago because the Vikings actually did have conversations before the draft. But then it sounds like once they got a a, a different developmental project quarterback in Jaron Hall, they said, "Okay, we're going to go with this guy. Yeah. And that was kind of the end of that. But it seems to me that the way everybody else was negotiating with the 49ers that the Cowboys kind of blew up the whole market out. Everybody was talking about like conditional sixths and the Cowboys were like, bam, here's a fourth round pick. And they slammed it, which yeah, I no don't know. Conditions. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Right. Which it, I don't know that but that what, feels what like condition would poor market. So, so obviously, obviously I mean, playing you time would be the thing, right? Is yeah. I'll give you something. If he, if we actually well, use it. The issue, of course, is that no team is likely going to trade for him for playing time this year. The condition would be next year. Teams mm-hmm. do want to get the return for the this 2024 year. draft, right? right? And right. any condition that's based on the 2024 season, et cetera, and so forth. So mm-hmm. um, my my guess is that a trade package for Lance would likely be something like a fifth, sixth round pick with a condition for a 2025 pick based off of playing time. That could go all the way up to a third or all the way down to a seventh. So we we did the whole uh, clickbait thing where we talked about the Vikings trading for Lamar Jackson. That never happened. <laughs> we did the clickbait thing about the Vikings trading for Trey Lance. That didn't happen. Who is the next quarterback that we can speculate about? Jack Prescott. Jack, yeah. Clicks. Okay. Uh, now that Trey Lance is here to okay. replace him, which will definitely happen. For sure. For a fourth round. I mean, or Kyler. Jack was a fourth round pick. Maybe right? Clayton right. Toon is the next Brock Purdy, and then Kyler will be expendable. I think Aiden O'Connell I, I, is going to take are... over that Vegas job, and Jimmy yeah, G's so going to be Jimmy. on the yeah, streets next year. Watch out for I, Jimmy G. I think G. Kyler and the Cardinals Aiden are barreling toward a bitter divorce. Who is? So Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Oh, God, that would be funny. I mean, it uh, has to, right? It, he's not going to play out that whole contract with Arizona. No. With all no, the things no. going on behind the scenes there? No. So, yeah. So, you homework you could, clause again, and all that? No. I, I mean, mean, they're going to draft could, Caleb Williams next year. Continue the so. pipeline of Cardinals players to the Vikings. So, you mm-hmm. know, from the worst team facility to the best. Exactly. There, there were like a, a tenth of their roster used to play in Minnesota and like half of their coaching staff. <laughs> oh, see? There you go. Which I didn't realize that Jonathan Gannon was a quality control assistant for the Vikings. Yeah. Wait. Didn't, back, well, he was back. assistant uh, assistant D line or assistant cornerback. Defensive backs. Yeah. Assistant defensive backs. Gary Gray. Outside of Chris Boyd, who you got? McLeod? Zach McLeod? Zach McLeod, Davion Davis, who had Davion a Davis, sweet yes. touchdown. Got the touchdown. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. David yep. Blau. Which was that on Jalen Williams? Somebody yes. was like late to react. It yeah. was Jalen yeah. Williams. Yeah. 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 That was such a stupid touchdown, too. Like, imagine if that was a regular season moment where oh, yeah. the quarterback throws a blind, like, oh, we won't have to this imagine. Is, this is the, the zero blitz Flores team. Defense. This is what we like, do. This yeah. is yeah. <laughs> Wait so a minute, Sam, you're gonna see this. Like, the, yeah. The the idea is not to reduce explosive plays; it's to maximize them and hope that you fall on the positive side of the ledger defensively. 
Okay, um, I'm having you... <laughs> serious flashbacks to the write that down to the Arizona game <laughs> and when Kyle when Zimmer sent that. Oh my gosh! Exactly right. That's exactly right. And and Kyler escaped and throwed a YOLO ball 80 yards downfield. And who was – it was good coverage, but who's he the just most have insane quarterback position. on our schedule? Wait, who is was that, that is cornerback? That... Sam, do you remember? Who was, was the cornerback it... that beat, got well, beat? Well, so it well, would have been either Rashad. Oh, I think Rashad it was on like Breland. Mackenzie Alexander. Or yeah, Mackenzie. I, yeah, I think it was Matt. Well, I, that I was remember, fourth oh, down, I, wasn't it? I remember a yeah. Rondale Moore catch where Patrick Peterson was nominally in coverage, although personally I think it was the safety – but, um, you know, PFF and a bunch of other people assigned it to, to Patrick Peterson until he had complained about it on Twitter. But, oh, like, right. yeah, Brock Purdy's scramble play. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Brock Purdy's going to heave up a completely insane ball that he absolutely should not heave okay. up, and someone's going to magically come Brock, down with it. Brock sure. Purdy only played like that in the playoffs. It is very weird. He played like a tasmanian devil in the playoffs he was like chaotic and whatever in ways that you really don't want backup quarterbacks to be um but in the regular season he was like very a kyle shanahan jimmy garoppolo clean cut yeah yeah and like did not so that that's a tough one because i don't know which brock purdy we're gonna see i know which brock purdy we are gonna see <laughs> as the vikings <laughs> yeah and it's gonna what's be the chaos one what's that the randomly, most insane version yeah no that's that fair. finds yeah. four touchdowns he shouldn't find and yeah we're gonna lose a weird heartbreaker yeah, it's going to be a bunch of ones that it's like, okay, yeah, he shouldn't have gotten away with it. Okay, he shouldn't have gotten away with it. Okay, that's All a right. negative play. Right. You know, right? Yeah, right. Like, right. Yeah. Surely this won't keep... That's going to be the the thing is, oh, surely this this uh, half of lucky breaks and weird things is unsustainable and a comeback will happen and it, it's just going to keep happening. Sam, fourth the thing you have to remember about the Brian Flores defense is that he called a zero blitz on fourth down in the fourth quarter on the final play of a game for Miami against the Jets and it it turned out so badly that people started accusing the Dolphins of tanking, which technically they weren't wrong in that accusation, but it wasn't Brian Flores. Who that was is tanking. so wild, man. That's right. That is, oh, that's a snowball. It was such an extraordinary play call in that situation that people are like, well, surely they're trying to lose now. We just got a bunch of cuts. Oh, boy. How, ma- the, how many precisely? Uh, 15 total, some of which we've already reported. All right. I was going to play literally a sounder for everyone, but that's a lot. So let's that's just do one, one big shebang. Uh, the Vikings posted an article written by Lindsay Young that says, here are the following roster moves announced. Uh, waived Calvin Avery, Avery. We had that. Kalon Barnes, CJ Colden, Christian Delorio, Jamison Houston, who joined the team like two seconds ago, and Wilson Huber, who we already knew about. Garrett Mogg, we just said. Uh, Abram Smith, Josh Sokol. Jordan Tamu, Rip, Colin Thompson, and Jared Williams. Both of those guys we already knew. Uh, they also had waived veteran. You, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then the terminated vested veteran thing, which means they don't go to waivers. And I think it's like different money wise. Uh, is Jake Gervais and Tanner Viejo, which we already knew, and uh, Tay Gowan waived injured. Yeah, so none of these players are surprises. I think the only one that had a reasonable shot, at least in my eye was Josh Sokol, yes. and that was yeah. that was only because the Vidaria low trade. Correct. So, yep. Right. Um, I, I, there was a minute where I thought about it, and then it didn't come together. Yeah. It, it, he yeah. needed to have like the game of his life against Arizona. I mean, Wilson Huber had the game of his life, and he's out. That's true. Yeah. Sokol and Huber, maybe practice squad potential here? The early waivers are really Colin unlikely Thompson. to be practice squad guys, but given that this is almost everybody at that point, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Maybe. I, I think you could maybe see it. If um, they don't have Sokol, then they're probably putting another center on the practice squad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tay Gowan was your guy for a day or two, Luke. He had a great camp. Waved injured sucks. I think missing, yeah. um, missing, you know, joints and stuff and missing the final preseason game. That's he, he, he a guy like that needs that. If I rem- if I recall last year, the Vikings did this in two waves. I think they did a Monday wave and then I think they slept on it and then did the rest of them tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So that might be it. If the team is releasing the list now for today, that might put a wrap on it for today. So we may have to wait till Tuesday for more. Um, could be wrong about that. But that means we'll have more breaking news tomorrow, Luke Inman. Can't wait to uh, hit this a million times. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, going to be exciting. Uh, so here's how the week looks. We've got Luke and I tomorrow. Reggie Wilson joins us on Wednesday. This group back together on Thursday to react to all of it. We also have to to squeeze around a quasi KOC press conference Thursday as they react to the cuts. So we'll see what time we're going at that day. But uh, big thanks to Arif, Luke, and Luke. Comment below. What do you think of the roster cuts? Who do you think is on the bubble going into final decisions before they pair down to a 53? Subscribe, please, on YouTube. It's free. We're free and available on audio wherever you get your podcasts as well. Uh, Amazon Fire, Roku, Sirius XM, good partners of ours as well. Thanks to all for watching today. Thanks to Luke, Luke, and Arif for joining. I'm Sam Ekstrom. See you tomorrow on the Minnesota Football Party. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.